The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hey, Suns fan. All right, this week we have three game recaps to get through, a win against the Timberwolves and a couple of tough losses to the Grizzlies and Spurs. We'll recap those three games. After that, we get to talk about the return of DeAndre Ayton. We'll talk about what we expect to see out of him, and what we think will change for the team once he's back. And then after that, as always, we'll wrap things up with game previews and our non-sports plug. Follow us on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. And to catch you up on our trivia bet question wager slash shout outs that we do every week. The question last week was how many rebounds will Cam Johnson have in the game against the Spurs on Saturday? I said four. Chuck said five. Cam Johnson had four on the dot. So I win. That puts us both at one and one for the month of December. We're tied. So we're excited for the next one. Shout out to at Comic Evangelist on Twitter who wins this week's guess. He was the closest guessing on Twitter, so go ahead and chime in on Twitter with the, with your guess to our wager questions, uh, and you'll get a shout-out on the show. But even more of a shout-out to Comic Evangelist, because he, he even answered our non-sports section from last week, which is so cool. Thank you for engaging. And like we always say, tweet at us, at Sunny and PHX Pod. It, we will say hi. We will we'll engage with you. So uh, another, another shout out to Comic Evangelist, super cool guy. Go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter. All right, let's get into these game recaps and we'll start off with the lone win of last week against the Timberwolves, 125 to 109. So in this one, whenever I just whenever I talk about the Timberwolves, I, I first want to talk about Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's doing some great things for them, but he's the only one. And that's why we won this game. <laughs> yeah, basically, I, you've probably all seen the clip at this point of Town standing at the top of the key, just demanding the ball, clapping, and Jeff Teague just dribbling around and not giving it to him, and then Towns being so visibly frustrated. I think Towns would love to play on the Suns. That'd be I cool. Think, I think so, too. And, you know, I, I always think about if Booker were able to play with his buddies towns and delo i really like the idea of it but since we get we drafted ayton i've faded on that because i I like ayton's potential a little bit more still yeah i mean why not both towns and ayton you're right that let ayton play the four finally let him play power forward it's perfect That's what he did in college. No, but we'll get to Aiton. Uh, Towns did have a good game. He had 33 points and 15 rebounds. 
Andrew Wiggins had 23 points, and literally no one else did anything for their team. So we won pretty easily with balanced scoring. Booker with 26, Oubre with 24, Rubio with 16, Dario Saric with 20 points, Rubio also with 14 assists. Then we had Aaron Baines with 12 points, Mikhail Bridges, awesome game from Mikhail, with 9 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, Two blocks. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a stat sheet stuffer right there. That's impressive. Yeah, he's gonna have a five by five at one of these games, I think. Oh yeah, I think so. As long as those minutes keep coming his way, what we'll have to see. We talked about this last week, but once Aiton comes back, we'll have to see what the rotation looks like. So that'll be interesting. But Mikhail has been fantastic lately. He has. He has. And. Uh, that is putting him into a little bit of trade speculation. Some people thinking maybe he'll be involved in a package for Kevin Love. Maybe there'll be something else. A lot of the league is available to be traded as of December 15th. So we'll see. Uh, I'm very conflicted on this. I At first I was like, yeah, trade McHale, great. But now I'm like, no, I don't think so. I'm really liking what he's doing. I don't know. I'm not really... One for the rumors too much, but he's playing really well. Yeah, and we can talk about trade rumors all day, but I want to talk about why does Andrew Wiggins play point guard now? Is that really how they're going to roll? They started Josh Okogie, Robert Covington, Jarrett Culver, Andrew Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns. And apparently Andrew Wiggins is a point guard now, and... That lineup is just so gross. It's gross. It's yeah, it's it's an odd one and I'll take it. You know, it's it's one of those things where um it worked out really well in our favor and I do need to give the team credit here. Last week we were saying we need to quit winning these close games. We need to just blow teams out when we're up big in the first half or the third quarter or whatever and they did that immediately after we said it. So I mean, we've talked about this before. It's pretty clear that the team listens to our podcast in the locker room, <laughs> like at halftime, before the game, in film sessions, those kind of things. <laughs> Obviously kidding. Obviously kidding on that one. But it just kind of worked out that we were saying we, we want to see the Suns blow teams out. And, you know, we, we were able to do that against the Wolves. So, yeah, a very odd lineup. We were running a really small lineup, too. Like, Frank Frank Kaminsky only played nine minutes. Aaron Baines played 15 minutes. And Czech Diallo played four minutes. While we had Bridges playing 32 minutes, Cam Johnson playing 26 minutes. We were running a much smaller lineup, and it worked really well for us. Right. I, I liked seeing Dario being able to be the big man out there because I think at times that might be the most success, successful way to play him when he's the biggest man out on the court if the matchup is favorable. He did an okay job on Towns on certain possessions. Nothing. He didn't shut him down by any means, but I think he, he held his own there. And he's really been proving himself with his rebounding ability lately. He's been grabbing plenty of rebounds, and that's what really makes me say all that, I think. Yeah, it's been nice. And, I mean, it's going to be tough to stop Towns for anyone unless you're Rudy Gobert or 
Joel Embiid, those kind of guys. Well, Joel Embiid, that's yeah. a whole other story. But, yeah. you know, unless you're one of these, like, elite defenders, it's going to be tough to stop Towns. He's just a great offensive post player. So Dario did what he had to do, and, you know, we won 125 to 109. There Can't really complain. Yep, anytime we're going to have three guys score 20-plus points, I'll take it. Yep. All right, and we'll move it on to the Memphis Grizzlies game. This was a tough one. Ended up dropping it 115 to 108. And I think the the main thing, the thing that pops off to me is the uh, Aaron Baines taking an elbow to the face during gameplay. Nothing gets called. And then a day or two later, the, the NBA Twitter comes out and says, oh, we're we're giving Aaron or Dylan Brooks a flagrant foul for this elbow right to Aaron Baines's face. So we saw that. And then the next game we see Baines get hit right with an elbow to the lip, busted open his lip. It's been tough. It's been tough. The referees, I hate doing this, but do they have something against us? You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think it's tough because we do foul a lot. You know, trying to be as unbiased as possible. I know we were talking right before this and saying, oh, wow, the Suns are tied for, with the the Trailblazers, who we play on Monday, for the highest number of fouls in the league per game. We do foul a lot. On the other hand... Some of these foul calls are very questionable. I have been very critical of the officials this season. I can recognize that. Aaron Baines, I just think, this is what I think it comes down to at the end of the day. Aaron Baines is a very tough guy to officiate because he's massive and he can take a a beating, he can take a bruising down low. He also takes a lot of charges. He's on the ground a lot and sometimes he does flop. I think officials are probably pretty confused on how to officiate this guy. You know, to to try to be as unbiased as I can, to try to put myself in their shoes, it's got to be tough to officiate Aaron Baines with the way he plays. You know, that's probably the best way I've heard it come from somebody. I think that really sums it up because, yeah, it is tough. And the one thing that I think about with Baines in these situations is, there's a lot of guys who are pretty lucky that Baines is such a stand-up nice guy. Because the stuff that's been happening to him, I know I'd be in a fight-back sort of method after taking elbows to the face like that. Yeah, he maybe got his bell rung a little bit and was slow to get up, but those were two solid hits to the right to the face in two back-to-back games, and really nothing was done about it. At least anything that was worthy of anything on the court. Right, and I think those those are the plays that are really frustrating because, like, in the Memphis game, the NBA later assigns that flagrant foul. And then in the game against the Spurs, Baines had to have stitches on his lip because of the elbow he took. And they even looked at it and still called it a common foul. You know, if you're going to take an elbow to the face, that's a flagrant one, no question. The, the NBA has made that rule very clear. Then you can look... You know, baseline flagrant one, 
look at the intention and see if it's a flagrant two. But if you're going to take an elbow to the face, it's got to be at least a flagrant one. And it's really frustrating when they even review the play and still call it a common foul when he clearly took an elbow right to the face. Right, yeah, he led with the elbow. And while Mitch is saying a common foul, it was a foul on Baines. To right. be very clear. Right. Oh, yeah, you're right. A foul, a common foul on Baines. Yeah. yeah. Good point. That's so a good he, point. He picked up the foul, and it made me wonder about this. Baines's heel was over the line, the interior arc where you have to be outside to take the charge. Right. His His heel was on that line. If it hadn't been... Would that have been a different call? Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say. I don't know. I need a rule book. Yeah. Well, and it goes <laughs> back to... I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it goes back to what I was saying last week. It's so unclear what is and isn't a foul this season. It, I feel like it's different every game. It's almost, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, trying to think of a comparison in a different sport, maybe. Because I was thinking, you know, basketball is very subjective. There's a lot of wiggle room. And I was thinking about baseball. It's almost like how uh, different umpires will have different strike zones. And you get to know, oh, this guy will call these low ball strikes, or this guy's strike zone is really high, or whatever. That's almost what it's like. There's a lot of human interpretation with these rules and these foul calls and it's a fast moving game. So it's just hard because there's a lot more referees in the NBA than there are umpires in baseball. I wonder if there are foul, um, a charge to block ratio for calls for each referee. I wonder if there are advanced statistics on referees. I'm sure there are, but I'm sure the league doesn't want, common people seeing that <laughs> yeah i'd love to see that oh yeah along with the punishments that they actually get for they do these two minute reports for a reason and it's right. I, I really wonder what comes out of that but yeah let's go back and actually talk about this grizzlies game and let's talk about the reasons we lost jaron jackson jr 24 points six rebounds four assists he had it going three for seven from downtown Dylan Brooks, the aforementioned Dylan Brooks, 27 points from him, a nice shooting night, 10 for 19 from the floor, and then just one for five from three. I thought he was killing us with threes when I was thinking back to this game, but he was really getting to the bucket and the mid-range game was working for him too. And then Brandon Clark had a nice game off the bench with 15 points and seven rebounds. Yeah, shout out Brandon Clark, go Zags, big win over U of A. I did that for you. I did that for you. Sorry, sorry to any U of A fans, but I went to ASU for grad school and Gonzaga for undergrad. I I was rooting twice as hard against U of A, <laughs> uh, but I think what this game really comes down to is a slightly concerning issue. Devin Booker only had 15 points on six for seven shoot six for 17 shooting, 0 for three from three, wearing a little wrist brace that we haven't seen on his shooting hand, on his right hand. We've seen this in practice. His shot didn't look quite right in this game against the Grizzlies. And then he sits out in the game against the Spurs because of a wrist contusion, but he's wearing a soft cast on that wrist. I don't. I hope this isn't anything to worry about. Everything I've seen so far says he's day-to-day. 
uh, questionable to play in the game against the Blazers. It's looking like he's probably going to play. I'm, I'm really hoping so, but I hope this isn't something bigger. Right. So I think I saw that Gina Mizell, I believe, yeah. tweeted that he had had this uh, little wrap over it with some sort of electric pulse machine yeah. attached to it. Electrical so, stimulation, yeah. Right. So that that makes me think that it's not a anything bone related, which is good. Yeah. And it sounds like it's probably just actually a bruise or some sort of muscle issue. Hopefully not even a muscle issue. Hopefully just something's bruised. Right. Right. But I mean that's that's going to make it tough when when Devin Booker has a tough game like that. He made up for it a little bit with 10 assists, but just tough game for Book in this one. Right, and you could see him favoring it throughout the game. He wasn't wanting to even give high fives with that hand. He was throwing out left for the high fives. So, yeah, that's it's a little worrisome, and he missed the next game against the Spurs. But when I saw that he was missing that game, I just said, I hope everyone's healthy for Tuesday night when DeAndre Ayton comes back. Yes, that's that right there is the key. All right, and let's talk about our guys a little bit who stepped up for Booker on this night. Frank Kaminsky had a solid game, 24 points. He was 9 for 12 from the floor, 4 from four, four for 4 from downtown, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. That's a nice game from Frank. And then Ricky Rubio with his, at the time, season high of 22 points, 8 assists, and... um. Five turnovers? Is that right? Am I reading that right on the box score? It, it, it's it's odd to see that, definitely. All right, and then two guys in double figures off the bench for this one. Baines with 12 points and five rebounds. And then we have Cameron Johnson with 11 points, five boards. Uh, yeah, Cameron Johnson really just impressive check out last episode we talk about him a little more in depth but we've been very impressed with him and he's been playing great ball in his rookie year yeah happy with cam johnson overall though this game just you know not not anything super exciting one of our worst losses of the year um the grizzlies are the grizzlies are a promising young team john morant i mean okay Got to give credit to John Morant. He had that massive dunk that got, you know, Twitter buzzing. It was nice. John Morant's oh, yeah. good. You know, got to give credit where credit's due. It was nice. Yeah, I was, you know, I'm I'm pretty diehard. I get really happy when we win. I get really upset when we lose. I'm not, not really upset. I'm not like a madman, but, <laughs> you know, the, the mood lowers after a loss. And after the game, I pulled up Reddit, and the top post on my front page was the John Morant dunk over Baines, and I did watch it. Right. I did. I, I watched it a couple <laughs> times, and, you know, I was thinking, yeah, it was nice. I, I wish it were against someone else, but it was nice. He's you know, I, I don't have the stats pulled up for this, but I think I've seen that John Morant kind of comes alive in the fourth quarter. And, you know, things are pretty slow in the first half normally for him. Mm-hmm. And I, we really had him shut down in this game until that fourth quarter. He he, he started to take over a little bit, and he's going to be a really exciting guy to watch for a long time. As long as he doesn't hurt himself 
because man, he's crazy. His vertical is so nuts, and he's a pretty thin guy still. And he gets a uh, when he's airborne, he can get tossed around a little bit, so it's a little yeah. worrisome. He's a little guy. He hits the ground a lot. He's already been injured this season. So yeah. I I hope for all of the best for him because I do really like watching him. Yep, he's fun to watch. And on the other end of that team that isn't fun to watch, the San Antonio Spurs. Ugh. We got to talk about this. A, a loss in overtime to the Spurs, 121 to 119. This one got really hairy towards the end again. And this is another game where I'd like to complain about the refs a little bit. But if you go back and you watch the inbound play where we're throwing it to Ricky Rubio, it looks like they're obviously following him. The refs don't call anything. The ball bounces off Rubio, goes out of bounds, and it's pretty much over as soon as that happens. So uh, we don't need to go much more into that. I think we've complained enough today. But uh, (laughs) Ricky Rubio, this was fun. Rubio gets to get up in front of the the Mexico city arena and give an address to the, to the fans who all speak Spanish in Spanish. And he instantly became the crowd favorite for the game, yeah. which was pretty cool. And he, he really delivered. He broke his uh, season high in points with 25 in this one, 10 for 20 on the night Rubio putting up 20 shots, pretty wild, but he was two for five from three. He had 13 assists and just two turnovers. And without Ricky in this game, and without Devin Booker, who sat this one out, I couldn't have imagined what we would have looked like because Rubio really had it going, and it was fun to watch him in this one. Yeah, Rubio had a great game. He is a joy to watch. It was his season high in points with 25, still 13 assists. He's been on a tear. He also used the Vosotros when addressing the Mexican crowd, which is funny because that's a a thing in Spain, Spanish. But, I mean, they still understood it, but it's just kind of funny. I love listening to him speak Spanish. His dialect is really interesting. Uh, But yeah, Rubio's awesome. I want to give a shout out to the crowd, though. That crowd was so involved, and (laughs) I was just, I found myself laughing Because whenever anything happened to either team, first, they would boo just as loud as they could and then cheer immediately. Whenever either team got to the free throw line, they would boo whoever was shooting. And then when they made it, they would go nuts and start cheering. It was so funny. (laughs) My wife and I were laughing about that because they they were trying to psych everyone out at the line. And then when they made it, they were like, oh, this guy's good. I'm impressed. He, he made right. it even through all that. I'm going to cheer for him now. Yeah, that was, that was funny, though. But, yeah, there were over 20,000 people in that arena last night. So I'm sure that's the biggest crowd anyone on the Spurs or Suns have played in front of this year, if right. I had to make a guess. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. And, I mean, they got a heck of a game, too. This this was an exciting game. If it if this game would have ended in the opposite fashion, if we would have hit that game winner, we would have been saying, this was a great game. It was so exciting the whole time. We were on the edge of our seats. And instead, we're just complaining about the refs and all of that. But whatever. <laughs> Rubio had a great game. Dario Saric had an awesome game with 19 points and 17 rebounds. He only hit one three as well. He was one for six from three, but still had 19 points. And two for two from the free throw line. He he was getting it done in other ways. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Dario. And then same with Frank. 
Frank Kaminsky had 22 points and seven rebounds. These guys are playing well. And if we go back to talking about trades for a second, expiring contracts, playing well, I don't know. They're, they're making a good case for themselves right now. You think Dario could be a potential trade name? Once we, uh, once we get Aiton back, we can maybe afford to do that. I can see that happening, but uh, I'm interested to see what the market's like for Dario overall. Right, and I am too. I, I don't know. It, it's tough to say because he is a streaky guy. Right now, he's he's playing well. The thing that I think is, if he really likes it here, and if he's willing to resign, maybe a little bit under budget, take a little bit less, take a, a, a bit of a pay cut, that would be really nice. He's a guy that I would really like to have on this team moving forward. Sign another contract. He has that relationship with Monty Williams. But I also wouldn't be distraught if we traded him this season yeah i hear that i i just really like a lot of the things that dario brings to the table and i feel like we're relying on him pretty heavily right now like he played 38 minutes in this overtime game let me peek back he played 32 against the timberwolves 26 against the grizzlies that's that's quite a few minutes for uh for dario i'd say and I think we will see those decrease a touch once Aiden's back, and maybe my opinion will change again after that. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be more happy with hanging on to Dario and then possibly bringing him back on a great deal next year. I do like the idea of that. Yeah. And then the other thing I want to bring up in this game is Mikhail Bridges got the start for Devin Booker. And we, we had talked about this a little bit in the offseason of Mikhail Bridges playing the backup two. Uh, Tyler Johnson has really been struggling. That's another trade name, expiring contract. Um, but but Bridges, he didn't have a great game. He did have a career-high 10 rebounds, which was nice. But, you know, he, he did what he could. He had two steals. He didn't shoot much. He was minus one on the game, so not didn't make a terrible impact. It'd be interesting to see him play a little bit more backup too, if it came down to it. Yeah. And you know, in this game, the benches were absolutely the difference and Mm -hmm. obviously not having Booker and making McHale move into the starting lineup that takes something away. But uh, we were outscored 63 to 31 by their bench. And that's over half their points. So they had Patty Mills and Rudy Gay and Lonnie Walker all kind of tore us up. And that that was a big difference. So that points again to missing Booker, obviously. I can't stand Patty Mills. Oh, man. I feel like I've seen Patty Mills just just give us a spanking so many times. And every time he shoots, I feel like it's going in. Oh my gosh. He went to St. Mary's too. I haven't liked him for a very long time. You know, St. Mary's, Spurs. Ugh, I just can't say. He was 10 for 23, but it did not feel like it. It felt more like he was, I don't know, 20 for 23. Yeah. That's, he just that has. really what it felt like. He's one of those guys that's just a son's killer, you know, like Ish Smith. 
And Ben McLemore, as yeah. of last week, had yeah. him onto the list. So oh boy. Yeah. Oh, but, Booker didn't play in this one, but he did pick up a technical foul. Which was ridiculous. At the same time as Ricky Rubio, ridiculous. with two minutes left in the fourth quarter of a close game. That that hurt. I I think that's ridiculous. I think that technical did not need to be called. It was no. unwarranted. No. Oh. Tough loss. Mitch, I think that's where we wrap this up. We're we're both pretty upset after this one. And yeah. I know. We're all just looking forward to DeAndre Ayton coming back. So let's talk about it. Yeah. I'm excited for Ayton to come back. He He's able to play Tuesday night. That's December 17th against the Clippers that's in LA. So his home return won't be until December 21st, but we'll have him. That's exciting because we have already beat the Clippers without DeAndre Ayton. Now they didn't have Paul George either, but we have done it. So it's going to be great to have him back. Really excited to have Ayton on the court. He makes a big difference now, but there's two main areas that he's going to make the biggest difference. That's rebounding, and that's pick-and-roll defense. Yeah, absolutely right. And our defensive rebounding isn't terrible. We're 20th in the league right now in defensive rebound, defensive rebounding. After that, we're 27th in offensive rebounding, and that puts us at 25th overall. That's towards the beginning of the season. It seemed like we were pretty solid rebounding the ball, but we've seen that trail off quite a bit. So with Aiton back, I believe that we'll, we'll be climbing up that a little bit. I believe we're closer to middle-of-the-road rebounding if we have Aiton out there. So that's something we can look forward to. And then another thing, if we want to talk about scoring and points in the paint, DeAndre Aiton is going to make a big difference for us there. Right now, we're scoring 48.8 points in the paint without DeAndre Ayton, one game with Ayton. That's pretty solid. But on the other end of the ball, on the defensive side, we're giving up the fifth most in 51 points per game. And I think that that speaks to the rebounding. You go back to the rebounding, giving up offensive rebounds, easy putbacks. Ayton makes a big difference there. And then scoring, obviously, Ayton can live in the paint. He's a walking double-double, tip-ins, post moves, alley-oops. It's all there. These are things that are going to change. We're going to have an athletic seven-footer out there again. Ricky Rubio is going to get how many more assists per game? So many nice things are about to happen. It's been 25 games now, almost. Well, when he returns, it will have been 25 games. So we, we get a chance. We're still in playoff position. I think we're the eight seed as of recording. Yep. And we're getting Aiden back. So, so many things are looking up, but in particular, pick and roll defense and rebounding are, are where we're going to get see the biggest change once he does come back. And I mean, get ready for more exciting basketball, too, on a, on a less statistical level. Ricky Rubio has been throwing alley-oops to Frank Kaminsky and Dario Sarge. <laughs> Dario hasn't dunked this season, Okay. Now, Aaron Baines, he can kind of throw it down here and there. 
But Aiton is going to be able to go up and get these alley-oops. We saw it in the first game of the season against the Kings. We're going to be able to to have some more of these highlight reel plays, some of these more energizing plays. Aiton's going to be able to finish a lot of those Rubio alley-oops. Rubio has been so creative with the ball over the last few games, too. It's just so joyful to watch and I can't wait to have Aiton back because he's just going to finish so many more of those nice passes oh yeah Rubio is the smartest guy on the floor no matter who we're matched up against he's he's so nice to have out there and one other aspect of this that we haven't talked about is the fast break we we have a we have a seven foot rim runner again we have a guy that can get up and down the court no offense to Baines or Sarich but when you have Aiton sprinting down the middle of the court on fast breaks, that's another option for Ricky to get another assist, and that we'll we'll see a lot more of that too. It's I'm hyped. Yeah, it's it's going to be really good to have Aiton back. We we made it through through his suspension as unscathed as you can. Keep in mind, DeAndre Aiton is our second best player. I think it goes Booker, Aiton, Rubio. I don't think there's going to be too much arguing about that. We're missing our second best player. That makes such a huge difference on a team. Our offense, a lot of our offense was built around DeAndre Ayton. Right. So we're, yeah. we're going to get back to what we wanted to get to. And, you know, with our record right now, still in the eighth seed of the playoffs, you know, being with, with what are we, 11 and 13, we're... We're going to be okay. 11 and 14, sorry. We we made it, you know? We've got this game against the Blazers that's very winnable, and then Aiton's back. Yeah, and, you know, when we do these episodes, we have, for our game recaps, we can just easily see, oh, we were 1 and 3 last week. Every, or 1 and 2 last week. Every time I look at that, I say, oh, last year we would have been 0 and 3. Oh, yeah. So, We've we've gotten through without Aiton, and now, like I said earlier, now all I'm really hoping for is that Book will be nearly back to a hundred percent by Tuesday night against the Clippers. If if we need if Booker needs another night off against the Trailblazers, I'm fine with doing that. I just right. want everyone to be ready for DeAndre to come back. Definitely. All right, and then. With that, we'll move into the games next week. Uh, the first one of the week is without DeAndre Ayton. That's against the Trailblazers. That's a home game Monday night. So Trailblazers seem to be in a position pretty similar to, to ours overall. What do you think? I They remind me a lot of the Timberwolves with a lot of questions. Damian Lillard's still really good. CJ McCollum's still really good. Aside from those guys, they're they're in a weird spot. They've had a ton of injuries. That doesn't help anything. I I could see this being one of those games where we win by 15 and Lillard has 40 points. Yeah, that's that's a likely outcome, I'd say. But another good thing is looking back last year, we didn't have anyone that could guard Lillard or McCollum right and now <laughs> and now we have Rubio who can guard one of those guys 
and contain them to some extent. And then we can, you know, throw Ubre at the other one. So right. defensively, I think we're much more well suited to take on a team against like the Trailblazers now. But I think Carmelo Anthony is what's really going to bring him to the next level. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah. The number infinity. Carmelo Anthony. I am excited to see him. It's been a long time. Sure, why not? Yeah. We'll see. I mean, he's been playing halfway decently. Western Conference Player of the Week. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Once, one time this season. The the Welcome Back Award. Yeah. So, uh, I guess it's a cool story. I think we're going to win this game. That would be nice. The Blazers, as of recording, are 10 and 16, so... We're, we're ahead of them in the standings, so let's, let's try to keep it that way. Yep. This is a, a new, interesting perspective to look at in Suns games. Uh, rather than trying to tally up the losses, we're now trying to get more wins than the other teams in hopes of making the playoffs. <laughs> oh, it's been a long time. Right. I just wanted to spell that out for anybody who was curious, who has been here just for the last two or three years. We're, we're trying to get wins now. Yeah, we are trying to win. It's uh, it's nice. All right. And obviously something that we think will help us win games is DeAndre Ayton, who returns in this game against the Los Angeles Clippers. And that leads into our bet question for this week. So go on Twitter, at SunnyandPHXPod, send in your guess for this question, and whoever's closest will get a shout-out at the top of the next episode. Our question this week, which comes from friend of the show, Josh Cranwetter, at Josh Cran on Twitter. Always got to give him that shout-out. The man who needs no introduction but gets the longest one anyway, who he went to a VIP UFC event at Buffalo Wild Wings. He was on the list. That so, sounds so Josh. It does sound very Josh. But anyway, this question for this week is, how many points will DeAndre Ayton score in the game where he returns against the Clippers? My guess is 25 points. You're going with 25? I'm going to go with 21. I think we're going to try to get him involved plenty. But I don't know if we're going to throw him into 30 minutes per game. I think we're going to kind of ease him in, but I think he's going to play great. You're probably right. I am just being optimistic. I wanted to say 30. I really did. <laughs> it Well, and you know what's going to be interesting, too, is if Booker plays or not. I think that will make a difference. Oh, for sure. And if you want to change your total to 30, you can. No, no, 25 is fine. Okay, all right. (laughs) I got 25, or Mitch has 25. I'm going with 21. If you would like to enter in on this, be sure to tweet us at Sonny and PHX Pod and say, I think DeAndre Aiden's going to score this many points against the LA Clippers. Yeah, but this game is going to be interesting. It's going to be different than the first time we played the Clippers in that win. They were without Paul George. Who knows who's going to be playing in this game because of their load management tactics with Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, They have guys who are playing well, like Montrez Harrell. It's going to be nice to have Aiton back for for those purposes. It's just kind of unpredictable every time you play the Clippers. We've seen them before, but they've also seen us before. 
I will say I'm a little bit worried about this one. Yeah, I, I'm a little worried too. I caught a bit of their game the other night on ESPN. They combined for a terrible amount of points. It, they scored a bunch. I think they both had double digits in the first quarter, and they just kind of kept the hammer down all game. And, you know, two big wings like that can really do a lot of damage. And that's a little scary. But luckily, I think we have some guys that can, you know, do their best to stay in front of them and keep things interesting, at least, would be a good way to say it. But it'll uh, it'll be tough to ever shut those two guys down. But, you know, we we have... The one win against them this year. It feels great. Let's make it two. Yeah, why not? All right. After that, we match up with the Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday night. And, yeah, this is the first time we've played the Thunder this year. What do you think about this matchup? The Thunder are a strange team. I did not think they would be as good as they are. I'm not saying they're good. I thought they were going to be awful, though. Chris Paul is still there, which, who knows, maybe he'll be traded by the time that this game occurs on Friday. Maybe. There's a possibility. But they're they're an odd team. It's an away game, and we've had will have had two days off <laughs> for whatever reason that doesn't bode well for us. Right. We've been playing pretty poorly after having two days off. So I don't know. This this game is really a toss up, I think. Yeah, so we, we do have the two days off in between these, but oddly enough, two back-to-backs this week. That's that's an interesting uh, schedule move, I'd say. Yeah, it is interesting. And it, it, I think it's probably just because of Christmas, since we are we don't ever get Christmas Day games. You know, yeah. we have to make up for a lack of games that week, which, I don't know, works out for for a lot of fans in personal ways, but... It's, sure. It is an odd schedule this week, for sure. Right, and I, I've been a fan of Gallinari for a long time. I just like I like guys who can score, and he, he's an impressive guy. And he's another one that's get, kind of gotten kicked around in some trade rumors. I've seen uh, Kevin Love mentioned. I've seen Gallinari mentioned. So he's another guy that I I think would fit in on this team really nicely. But I don't yes. know what we I don't know what we give up to get him. Right. Yeah, it's tough. I really like Gallo as well. When I was following the Nuggets a little bit closer back in the day, I really liked what he did on that team. Um, I think he would be awesome to have in Phoenix, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We're pretty content with what we have right now. I think that's fair to say, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. And the last game of this week against the Rockets Saturday night. This one's at home. And the last one was pretty recent here. But I like uh, the aforementioned Ben McLemore, we'll have to shut him down, you know, put bridges on him all night, make sure he doesn't get a shot up. Right? <laughs> oh, James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook, they those guys too. Yeah, Harden has been really good lately, and he has not been shooting many free throws. He's been shutting a lot of people up. I hope his streak of playing amazingly comes to an end before this coming Saturday, (laughs) but I doubt it. He's been amazing lately. So I hope this is a good game. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's really not much more to say than that. If you can uh, keep 
Harden under 40 points. I say, great job out there tonight, bud. That's probably good. But then Russell Westbrook, too. That's a lot to shut down. That's a, it's, it's quite the interesting experiment, and I can't wait to see how that pays off once we get to the playoffs. Right, another first-round exit. <laughs> <laughs> it very well could be. And if it is, I'll, I'll, I'll laugh. We could see Baines and Aiton fell out in this game. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun, huh? <laughs> yeah. Frank, guess what? You're back in at center. Go get yeah. him, champ. Yep. We could see it. But, you know, this was one thing that we did talk about a little bit the last time we played them, that the game would have looked a bit different with Aiton. So we'll see if that's the case. But with that, it's time to move on to our non-sports section of the show. This section is inspired by the game against the Spurs, what I did in the game against the Spurs. So at halftime, sometimes you don't want to watch the halftime show. Sometimes you're feeling really good because the Suns have been playing well lately and you feel productive and at halftime you want to go get something done. Or maybe you're sad because we're not playing well and you don't want to watch the highlights or lowlights of the disappointment. So what do you like to do during halftime of a game? All right. So the better position, I'd say, when we're playing well, I'm normally feeling good, and I I let the dog out. I always let the dog out at halftime. That's just routine. And then I sit out there, and I normally stroll through uh, our sons on Reddit and see what everybody else is saying in the game thread. I enjoy doing that. Shout out to everybody there. There's there's some real comedians over there. You know that. <laughs> but if the game is going poorly and I'm upset, I normally find myself doing the dishes. I don't know what it is, but I guess that's how I get a little anger out. Scrub some dishes. Just clean things up a little bit. Maybe uh, my orderliness will transpose over to the suns and they'll start playing better maybe that's what that is but yeah it's either letting the dog out browsing reddit or angrily cleaning something all right for me good bad or indifferent i'm sleeping during halftime yeah no question i sometimes i'll set an alarm or sometimes i wake up halfway through the third quarter and i have to rewind I sleep like a dad. I'm not a dad yet, but I sleep like one. You know, I I see Tom and Tom come on that screen, and I'm out like a light. (laughs) No offense to them. I think they do a great job. I can fall asleep anywhere at any time, especially if I've worked that day. I'm usually out. Well, and I work a lot, so. (laughs) But weekend, weekday, doesn't matter. I'm asleep at halftime the vast majority of the time. How much do you think it would cost for me to get Tom and Tom recording a lullaby for you? Do you think that'd be possible? Uh, think... Possibly. Maybe. I don't. You need... don't even need it. No, yeah, you don't, don't even need it. You can literally fall asleep if I take a breath in between sentences sometimes. Yep. You, you'll just like, oh, he's, he's sleeping. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. It's, it's a blessing out. and a curse. I can sleep on airplanes. I can fall asleep immediately at night. But like when I was in college, I fell asleep in class all the time. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. So blessing and a curse. Yeah. Well, I envy that a little bit. 
<laughs> I, I envy being able to just pop, fall asleep. I'm not a good napper, but I'm a good I'm a good sleeper. That's good. That's healthy for you, though. Yeah. I'll get a nap ski in every once in a while, but we don't want to talk about that. Let's wrap this show up. We appreciate <laughs> all of you guys tuning into this episode. Make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Sunny and PHX Pod. Just say hi. We'll say hi back. We're we're cool like that. <laughs> all right. So Aiton's coming back. We're obviously very excited for that. We see some uh, more W's coming into the win column after that happens. So be be watching the games. And then come tune in to the Sunny and PHX podcast and listen to what this random guy, Charlie, and this other random guy, Mitch, have to say. We keep it real. Go Suns. <laughs>